Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. So we're starting a new series that's called uh, Extraordinary, and you're gonna learn over the course of the next four weeks why we have all of these props here. You'll learn about one of those uh, today. But here's a, there's a, this is a really uh, cool thing that just in our world, there are ordinary things that we have, there are ordinary things that are probably in your house right now that can be used for extraordinary things. I mean, you might think of them as just like, uh, I have so many props. I mean, like, like uh, aluminum, aluminum foil, right? Where you just use it to keep your food warm. But did you know that if you take six layers of aluminum foil and cut it with scissors, you can sharpen your scissors that way. Did you know that? I heard that that's true. I, I, I didn't try it. Um, you can also, uh, if, if you're into um, ironing, who likes to iron? Nobody likes to iron. Um, I can tell uh, that y'all don't. Um, you can put a piece of this under the fabric on your ironing board and it will actually allow you to iron both sides of your shirt at the same, I know, the same time. See, you don't, don't say you didn't learn something at church. Um, you can also, if <laughs> this is so dumb, you can hang, uh, you can hang pieces of aluminum foil in your. If you have a fruit tree outside, and it'll scare the birds away. Who has a fruit tree outside in their house? Anyone? Nobody does. That, that's so irrelevant. Um, so uh, also, okay, uh, aspirin. You know, aspirin you can take and it can stop a headache. But did you also know that you can take an aspirin and put it inside like a, a dead car battery, and it'll fire it back up. I think that's true. I, I read it on the internet. <laughs> it's got to it's gotta be true. Now, um, this is the only banana I had in my house this morning. <laughs> Who likes a banana like this, by the way? Raise your hand. Be proud. It's disgusting. It's got, <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's not just a banana. Did you know? This is kind of gross. You can remove, if you, if you take the peel off, you can and rub it on a wart. Within several weeks, it'll be gone. Did you, isn't that great knowledge? Um, did you also know that if you feel like your face is kind of dried out, you can take half a banana, uh, like an old banana, you can uh, mix it with a cup of plain yogurt, like a fourth cup of plain yogurt, two tablespoons of honey, and you can make a facial mask, and it will re-nourish uh, your skin. You should try that. Somebody can have this banana, and you can do that. Um, <laughs> today. Also, if you, apparently, if you have a scraped knee, you can rub a, a banana peel on your scraped knee and it will promote healing. That sounds fake. Um, <laughs> one, one more thing, and we're in a, this is a judgment-free zone, right? Okay. Because um, this is a beer. And uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to drink it here on stage. <laughs> Phil gave it to me. Um, but if your hair, I, I mean, it's just an ordinary beer, but if your hair is, is feeling like it needs to be a little softer, you need a little more body in your hair, you know what you can do? You can take half of a can of beer, mix it with a raw egg, <laughs> and massage it into your hair. And I don't know if that works at all, but I think, well, I think one of y'all should at least try that, and we should, um, we should videotape that. So, like, ordinary things can do extraordinary things when they change their usage a little bit. Here's what we're talking about with this series, guys. God 
uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He takes ordinary people and he does extraordinary things with them. He loves to do that. And so the story that we're gonna talk about over the next couple weeks is a story about uh, these guys that are prophets of God. And yet what we're gonna discover is that they were ordinary people who God used to do extraordinary things. We tend to think of them as superheroes, but they really, really um, weren't. And so this story I'm gonna tell you, uh, really the, the, what happens before this story is that sin has entered the world through Adam and Eve. The world's gone sideways and God chooses a guy named Abraham and he says, hey Abraham, here's what I want to do. I wanna show the world redemption through you. And it was just God's choice. Abraham wasn't anybody Special, it was just God's choice. So he shows himself to be the God of grace and of mercy over and over and over again. The people of Israel are established and God said, I wanna, I wanna show myself through these people, but the people of Israel became a really hot mess really, really fast, really fast. And so um, they look around the people of Israel and they decide that they want a king and they want a king because every other country around them has a king. And so they say, God, we want a king. And God says, um, I'm your king. And they keep saying, no, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king, and they press him. And finally, God relents and he allows them to have a king. And they go from, they go from bad to worse, all of these kings. In fact, the whole, uh, if you ever wondered, the book of First and Second Kings are about these awful kings in Israel. And uh, there's one that we kinda, just to catch up to our story, there's one named Basha. Basha starts doing evil, he's the king, and, and God gets rid of him, basically God wipes him out. His son Elah was on the throne, he reigns for like only two years, he does really bad things, God wipes uh, him out. In fact, how that happens is that there's a guy named Zimri, there, uh, who is his official, and he kills uh, Elah and takes the throne, and he reigns all of seven days. Okay, before another guy overthrows him, a guy named Omri, and he does more evil than anybody uh, before him. There's not gonna be a test on this, all right, all those names, but I'm just catching you up. Omri has a son named Ahab, and Ahab becomes king when Omni, Omri dies, and he's worse than all of them put together by a lot. He does all of these evil things, and he marries a woman named Jezebel. Now, Jezebel was not an Israelite. She was a foreign woman. She also worshiped this foreign god called Baal. Baal was this fertility god. I'll talk more about him in a minute. But what the Bible says about King Ahab is this. That King Ahab, this is from the book of First Kings, he did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. So, in, in, in movies and in stories, that we, if this was a, a movie, this is where things were getting desperate. This is where things were getting kind of overwhelming for the people, and in, in, in the movie, this is where the superhero shows up, okay? This is, this is where Superman, you know, finds Earth, or this is where Thor ends up coming to visit, or this is where Black Panther steps up and steps into the problem. But in the real world, which is where this took place, in the real world, here's what happens. When things get desperate, God finds an ordinary person. When things get desperate, God finds an ordinary person. In fact, God finds ordinary but obedient people to carry his plan forward. He finds ordinary but obedient people to carry his plan forward. It keeps going, the story keeps going, and we, we are introduced to a guy named Elijah. Enter Elijah. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve. 
There will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And so Elijah's on the scene. He is this Israelite, but we don't find out a lot about him. He's just a normal guy. There's not a lot to say. He doesn't come with a a history. He doesn't come with a long list of accomplishments. He certainly doesn't come with, with superpowers. He's just a guy from Gilead, this town called Gilead. But he says two things here that are really, really important. He says this. He says, you guys are worshiping someone else. Like, you guys are worshiping this other God that you think is real. You guys are worshiping Baal, but I serve the Lord. I serve the Lord. He says that to them. And what he's saying is, hey, look, Ahab, I know you're an Israelite, but it's no longer us against the world here. You've separated yourself. You're now over there, and we're now over here. Um, I serve the Lord. You know, you and I have choices. We have choices where we have other gods that we can serve, like we have other things that we can serve in our life, in our world. There are pressures around us to bow to idols in our life, idols in our world, uh, idols like popularity or like culture or um, like, uh, you know, like, like all kinds of idols, like, like money or like fame. There are idols around us and we find ourselves in places where we have to declare, and I think this is gonna happen more and more and more in our world where you're gonna find yourself in a place where you have to declare, I either serve that idol or I serve the Lord. And it's gonna affect things in our lives. It's gonna affect things like relationships and, and maybe, maybe affect your job, it might be affect, affect people's opinion of you. All of these things hang in the balance, and in those moments when what, what also hangs in the balance is your faith. Like that's what hangs in the balance too, a willingness to obey God and not people, not just people, and not uh, maybe also when it's not popular to obey God, a willingness to say, I serve the Lord. And so Elijah, this nobody goes in front of Ahab and Jezebel who could take his life, and he declares allegiance to God. Let me tell you something, you're ordinary plus God's extra, okay? You're ordinary plus God's extra equals extraordinary things. He has the capacity to do extraordinary things in your life. If you take your ordinary and combine it with God's extra, well, he says, I serve the Lord. The second thing he says is this. He says, it's not gonna rain until I say so. Did you catch that? He says, it's not gonna rain here until I say so. Prophets were not superheroes. They were ordinary people with big things to Say, and to Ahab and Jezebel, he said, you think you're God? The fertility God, you think your God controls the rain and the, and the crops? And when they grow, he's like, you've got a problem here. You walked away from the one true God who controls everything. He controls life and death, not just the, the, the crops when they grow. And what Elijah is saying is this, it's about to get hard for you. And because of your disobedience, it's about to get difficult for Israel too. Obedient people end up in amazing places. And Elijah ended up in this amazing place. Obedient people end up in amazing places. It goes on, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, I have, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. And so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and he stayed there. The ravens brought him bread 
and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. So God says, okay, now it's time to hide because these people are after you. You're, you've said it's not gonna rain and, and it's not gonna rain. But he's like, Elijah, go hide. They're trying to kill you. And he's like, uh, God says, but I got you. And so he has these ravens, which I don't know if you know much about ravens, but they're scavengers, these birds. They're just normal birds. He, he has these, these ravens come and, and feed him. They bring bread and meat to him every morning and bread and meat to him every um, evening. And it's like God is just showing off. You know, he's showing out like God is having these birds come and, and feed him. And for Elijah, you know, what God does is he changes the very nature of the bird where they were scavengers, where all these birds do is take, take, take. He caused them to give. An ordinary thing in God's hands, an ordinary thing in God's hands becomes a tool for the extraordinary. An ordinary thing, an ordinary animal, an ordinary person in God's hands becomes a tool for the extraordinary to happen. And then God, like he does, levels it up even, even further. The, the, the brook that Elijah drank from, it dries up. And even Elijah's not immune to the drought that he brought on. And, and so God says, go to this place called Zarephath. There's a widow there who's gonna supply you with food. There's a, a woman there who's lost her husband. She goes, supply you with food. So he goes and he finds this widow and she's gathering sticks together and he says, to the widow, can you bring me some water? He says, can you bring me a little bit of water? And she says, okay, and she turns to go. And then he calls out after her, and this is like where in the movie, the music changes and it gets a little more intense and you know something's gonna happen. So he calls out after her and all he says is this, and can you get me a little piece of bread too? And that's like where the music changes because she turns, it's like she turns around and she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. <laughs> I mean, I gotta, gotta read it like that. Like, I read it like that, I'm like, I, that's a crazy thing to say, right? We, we may eat it and die. I mean, but she's afraid. She is clearly at the end of her rope and it's in a while, God sent, said to Elijah, hey, there's a woman that's gonna provide bread and, and water for you. She's gonna feed you. And yet he shows up and she's like, what, what, is, what is, how's that gonna happen, right? Like, how is that going to take place? And so her husband's gone. I mean, she feels so hopeless. She, she's hopeless that, that they might even have another day to live. But Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she did as Elijah told her. She brought him the bread. She made him the bread with all that she had left and she brought it to him first and then she brought it to her son and then she gave it to herself. And I think the order of that is so important. It's so important for us. 
Because God's saying, trust me, trust me, trust me with what you have, with everything that you've been given, with yourself, with all your resources. He says, bring it to me first. Like the order is very important. God says, give and then trust me with it and then I will take care of you. And that's what he's outlining in this story with the widow and Elijah. Elijah invites her to trust God and she says, okay, I, I, I think we're gonna go home and die, but I'm gonna actually do it. I'm gonna choose to trust you and she does. And the jar of oil, it says, was not used up. And the jug of oil, the jar of of, of flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah, it happened just as he said. And so life goes on a little bit and and, and later on, um, the woman's son, he gets sick and he gets worse and he gets worse and it gets worse until he dies. And so she goes to Elijah. She's she's incredibly upset. And she says, what do you have against me, man of God? What do you have against me, man? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? So Elijah um, doesn't say anything, but he he takes her son, his, his dead body. He took him upstairs to uh, to, to this room and he laid him down on this bed and the, the scriptures say this, he cried out to the Lord, Elijah did, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with because by, by causing her son to die and then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. And and it goes on to say that Elijah picked up the child and he carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and he said, look, your son is alive. And then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you're a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. In this story, God is saying all kinds of things about himself that we need to see. He took care of Elijah with ravens, with, with birds. He, he took care of Elijah and the widow and her son with this bread that, that never gave out and then he chooses to heal her son. And what they're saying all throughout this is, is that God that Ahab and Jezebel are following, Bahab, that, that fake God, Baal doesn't have the power over rain. He doesn't have power over rain but God has power over death. He doesn't even have power over rain. He can't even make it rain, but God is the one who has power over death. You know what that means for us? Like when when my power fails, God is just getting started. When my power fails, when I come to the end of my rope, God's just beginning. When I think the chapter has closed on my life and on what's happening, when I think the last chapter is being written, God says, I'm just starting to write this page. I'm just starting to write another chapter. We're not nearly over yet. When my power fails, God is just getting started. He's just beginning. That is good news. Because if you're you're feeling ordinary today, you're in good company. You're feeling ordinary, here's what God asks for. All God asks for is obedience. He doesn't ask for superpowers. He doesn't ask you to do something great. He doesn't ask for any of that. All he's asking for is obedience. And obedience to him might mean that you 
Go. Obedience to him might mean that you stay when you don't want to stay. Obedience to him might mean that you quit. Obedience to him might mean that you hang on. It might mean that you hang on. It might mean that you reach out to somebody who's not very uh, loved or popular. Maybe they're unlovable. Maybe they're very, very unlike you. And it might mean that you, you reach out to them. Obedience to God might mean that you, you give without expecting anything in return. Obedience to God might mean that you stand up for him when you're the only one standing, or at least it looks like it. There's a part of this story we're going to read in a couple of weeks where it looks like Elijah's the only one left. And, and I'll give you a little, a little heads up. He's not. He's not. And you're not the only one left either. You're not the only one left. And obedience to God might be standing up for him when it feels like you're the only one. God finds ordinary but obedient people to carry his plan forward. That's how he does it. To carry his plan forward, he finds ordinary but obedient people. You know, all of the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, all of it is looking forward. All of it is pointing forward to God unveiling this rescue plan to save a, a dying world. And so Elijah... It's like this road sign in Elisha. There are these road signs pointing ahead. And what they're saying is, it's kind of like the writer of the story of Elijah saying, hey, check this out. But keep going because you're not going to believe what happens next. What's ahead, you won't believe. I mean, ravens and bread and this healing of this boy. Like, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's just a drop in the bucket of what God has done and what God is doing. Elijah's just a shadow. He's just like an appetizer where Jesus is the main course. And our invitation is not just to follow Elijah, it's to follow Jesus. And we get to look back at the story through the lens of Christ, through the lens of Jesus himself. And bring our ordinary selves, our, our ordinary broken selves to his feet and to do what he asks us to do, which is to surrender. It's just to surrender and be obedient and then to watch the extraordinary things that he wants us to do. You know, like Jesus declared this. He said, um, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I wonder if he was thinking back to the story of Elijah when he uttered those words and he was like the, 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 the fulfillment of what was happening in Elijah. And when you trust Jesus, when we trust Jesus, you will never be spiritually hungry. You might get physically hungry, but you will never have to be spiritually hungry again. He will satisfy you eternally. I mean, we're just ordinary people, y'all, right? Like we're just all ordinary, we all know that. And your choice and my choice is in our ordinariness, Right, to, to, to listen, to hear him and to hear his invitation and to simply say, I'll follow. Even when it's unpopular, I'll serve the Lord. Even when no one else seems like they are, I will serve the Lord when it's good. I will serve the Lord when it's, bought, when it's bad. So two things today, two things today. One is this, um, just tell him that you trust him. Tell him that you trust him. If you're ready to say that for the first time, tell them for the first time today. Don't hold back, don't wait. 
If you need to come back today and just say, uh, I have been kind of operating on my own, so, so part of this for me on, on Sunday is to actually come back and remember what this is all about, and that is to say this, God, I trust you, even when I, I haven't, even when I'm struggling to do that, I trust you. Tell him that you, you trust him, and the second thing is this, do something with that. Don't just sit on that. Being a believer is about action. Being a Christ follower is about serving others. So step in, give, serve. Join a serving team here. That's a great place to start. But do something with it. Do something with it. I serve the Lord. Can you say that today? I serve the Lord. Tell them that you trust him. And then do something. And if you don't know what to do, ask him. Just say, God, show me what to do next. If you need some help figuring out what to do next, ask us. Ask somebody with a lanyard. You know, like, like, let's do this together. You don't have to do this on your own. But jump in and do something. Because God's ready to take your ordinary and put his extra on it. And it is going to be an amazing thing for all of us to see, okay? The next move in that whole thing is yours. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.